Praise the Lord. It's so good to be here. I love this church. It's a, a beautiful facility. And um, as I said, uh, my son calls me old school. He said, Dad, you're old school. I'm glad to be old school. Uh, I want to read a, a verse scripture in Psalms 106. It says, Praise you the Lord, O give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy endureth forever. How many of you know God is good? Amen. He's good all the time, not just some of the time. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. And so I'm going to be preaching from the book of Galatians this morning. That's what Pastor wanted me to do. And I tell you, you always ought to do what your pastor tells you or asks you to do. I believe that. Amen. So he asked me to do that, and so I am going to do that. Turn to Galatians chapter 3, and it sets the whole scene for the book of Galatians to me. Um, you know, I believe that we're living in the last days. How many of you have been watching what's going on in California? Come, anybody else? Just a couple of you. They show pictures of driving down the road, and it looks like you're driving into hell. And the Bible said hell hath enlarged itself, and so we better be ready to go. We better be ready to meet Jesus at any time. Galatians chapter 3, verse 1. It says, O foolish Galatians, who have bewitched you that you should not obey the truth before whose eyes Jesus Christ has been evidently set forth and crucified among you. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. I love you and I appreciate you. appreciate this church. And I pray that you'd anoint my lips as I speak into your people. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, down at the other place, Leslie was counting me down. You got 10 minutes. You got five minutes. You're finished. Amen. <laughs> Are you all that bad here? Huh? What time do we quit here? 1230, 1245, 1 o'clock. <laughs> Amen. The theme of the book of Galatians is salvation by grace through faith. And I said this, and, and I, a lot of this I said at the other church, but you know for years in the Pentecostal church that I uh, first got acquainted with when I was like 15 years old, it was very hard to be a Christian. It was hard to get saved. You had to give up everything and not do anything. And I found out later from reading the Bible that the Bible said that if you believe in your heart, you know, that Jesus Christ is the Lord and you confess with your lips, you're saved. So we have to understand there's a world out there that thinks it's so hard to come to Jesus when it's easy to come to Jesus. It's easy to live for Him once you make your mind up. Now, you're not going to be perfect. You're going to make mistakes. But, you know, that's, that doesn't count. 
It's what you do with your mistakes that you learn and grow from them. And so, Leslie's done started messing with me. You see, she's trying to steal my notes. I'm not going to be able to preach Galatians if she steals my notes. Leslie's all right in, in, in a way, but you sure don't need somebody in the way, do you? <laughs> I love Leslie. I, it's her parents. Uh, I don't know how many pairs of shoes her mother wore out spreading the gospel, going door to door. and Still do it. You got old. I understand that. How many of you know when you get old, you slow down? <laughs> Five knee surgeries has slowed me way down. All right, let's get in the Word. Chapter 1 is the Galatians falling away. Now, we know the Bible said in the last day there's going to be a great falling away. But you and I don't have to fall away. We can hold on to the hand of the Master and not fail. You see, the great falling away is coming because people have got away from the truth of the gospel. The truth of the gospel, a solid foundation, will keep you, even when the world's on fire, it will keep you steadfast knowing that Jesus Christ is the Lord of your life. So we've got to grasp a hold of God's hand, unchanging hand, unchanging gospel. You know, the Methodists have changed of reaching people, like on the screen. Years ago, and some churches still would not have a screen. But that's a tool. That's a tool to let people know what's going on to help them sing. And so the methods change, but the message remains the same. Jesus said, I'm the same yesterday, today, tomorrow. Forever, I'm the same. And the Bible said, and this is what Jesus said. Jesus said, I go to the Father, and greater things than you, these shall you do, because I go to the Father. So we have to understand because people fall away, you and I don't have to. You and I can stay true to the gospel of Jesus Christ. Now, help me out a little bit. I, I'm like a bulldog. You amen me. I go better. And in this, he also condemned false teachers. Now, we have many teachers today that's teaching things that's not right. I know one man who used to be an excellent preacher, Pentecostal preacher, believed the Word of God, and then he changed the gospel that everyone's going to be saved, everyone's going to heaven, no matter what you do, you're going to heaven. And that's not true, that's false teaching. Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, the life, you can't go to heaven except you go by the blood-bought way. Amen. We are a bloody religion. Amen. Jesus said, you know, nothing but the blood of Jesus. And so many don't believe in the blood of Jesus. Then we go in Paul's authority of divine origin. Now, you know, I told him at the other church, Paul was not one of the original 12, but he was grafted in and took the place of the one that failed. And God gave him authority. And God has given you and I authority to go into the world and to win them for Jesus. 
So many of us don't want to go into the world and win people for Jesus. We feel secure in sitting at home saying, us four, no more. I believe that God can fill this church to overfulling, that you'd have to have two services here. If everybody grasps a hold of the gospel of Jesus Christ and go forth into your neighborhood, the Lord's not asking to go to Africa or India, he's, but he's asking to go to those that are around you and invite them to church and tell them how good God is and how good your pastors are and how you love your church. I mean, you're supposed to love your church. The church I go to is the best one in the world. Amen. If it wasn't, I wouldn't be there. And you that's the way you should feel about your church. It's the best in the business. Amen. It's the best church in Kentucky because you're a part of it. So remember this. Brag on your church. Brag on your pastors. They're good. They're good people. They, they know the gospel and they preach the gospel and they love you. And they do a lot of things with you. I, I can see uh, some of you going kayaking with uh, uh, Leslie, and I, I'm not getting in a kayak. I'm, I'd probably drown and kill myself. And 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 uh, Ernie's trying to get Karen in one so that she can go out there and paddle up and down the river, but I don't think she's into it yet. But he's working on it. Chapter 2, Paul accepted by the church. Now, Paul was a man that, as I said at the other church, Paul was religious. God's not looking for religious people. Religion is killing the world. Religion is what killed Jesus. And Paul was a religious man. He had letters. He could put you in jail. He could have you killed. And so the, the apostles and the Christians, they didn't want to accept Paul because of this. But God gave him authority so they had to accept him. And when God changes you, you're not what you once were. Now, you're not a finished product. I'm not a finished product. I'm glad that God is still working on me. God is still showing me things. You know, I, I read something in the Word the other night that I've read, I'd say, hundreds of times, maybe thousands of times. And all of a sudden, it just stuck with me. The Bible, you know, when Jesus was asleep in the ship and they were about to perish and they came and woke him up and said, you know, Jesus, don't you care that we per perish? Now, he didn't say you of little faith. He said, you don't have no faith. Now, that's terrible that because every man has been, been given a measure of faith. And so, you know, you and I have faith. Now, some people have a little faith. Some have more, and some have more, and some have more. The more you learn about the Word, the more that you read Paul's writings, the more that your faith should grow. Your faith should be continually growing. We need to be, need to be stretched. We need to be challenged by God, by God's Word, that we can do more for God. You know, none of us do enough for God. I mean, we, we, we work, we're busy, we, we do the things we're supposed to do, but there's more that we could do to build the kingdom of God if we would do it. When you get to chapter 3, receiving the Spirit by faith. Now, you know, I have 
I have faith. I don't have great faith, but I have uh, excellent faith. I'll say that. Because I believe what the Bible says. I believe that by His stripes I'm healed. I believe by, it's not how I feel, it's what His Word says. And what we've got to go on is God's Word. It's not how we feel. It's not what we think. It's what God says. If God says it, I believe it. If God says it, you need to believe it. You need to find the things in the Word of God as they did because, you know, we have to receive the Spirit. Now, the Spirit is the Holy Ghost baptism. There's not a lot of preaching in many churches anymore on Holy Ghost baptism. Many of our Assembly of God churches, and I say that, I've been Assembly of God ordained since in the 80s. Many of our Assembly of God churches are not any different than the Baptist churches. We've got away from shouting and praising God the way the early church had it. I look back at Aziza Street. I look back at the Cane Creek Revival. And I think down in Paris, they're in their 12th week of revival. Last night, they had over 550 people there. They had them from Indiana and Ohio and West Virginia and all over the place because it's attracting people. Revival is a fire that will attract people. But if we don't get the Spirit, how are we going to attract people? Why do, how many, have you noticed people that, will follow an ambulance, or if a house gets on fire, they want to go see. The church gets on fire, people will come to see to watch us burn. And if they come, something will get a hold of them. And when something gets a hold of them, they won't want to leave. They'll want to be saved and filled with God's Spirit. So you and I need to have, we're fire starters, amen? We need to start a fire and this actually happened in a Assembly of God church back years ago. I think it was Houston. People were on the interstate, and they seen fire shooting out of the church. They called the fire department. The fire department came to the church, and they said, we got to get everybody out. Church on fire. They were on fire. They were on fire with the Holy Ghost. And they were so much on fire that it looked like from what the people were seeing outside was the building was on fire. The building was not on fire. The people were on fire. Amen. How many of you like to get so on fire that people look at the church and they think the church is burning up, but it's the fire on the inside that's stirring them up. We need to be stirred up in the Holy Ghost. Amen. Praise the Lord. You know, the... The Spirit works miracles. Now, you know, the, the pastor brought out something that I never looked at like that. It says, they shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Now, there's a miracle that healing takes place instantly. How many of you have seen somebody healed with something real bad and you've seen it and they were healed instantly? That's a miracle. When you're saved, that's a miracle. I mean, it's a miracle when we get saved. People say, I've never seen a miracle. If you've been saved, you've seen a miracle. You experienced a miracle. But sometimes the Bible said they shall recover. 
sometimes it takes a while for recovery. I mean, it, how many of you know that? I mean, I had, uh, I had to I give up pastor, and I had five knee surgeries. I went to the place. The doctor said, we need to put you back in therapy after all these years, a number of years. My hip, I couldn't, I couldn't do nothing. My hip, my knee, they gave me a shot in my knee, gave me a shot in my hip, and they worked on me. And the first time I went, I could walk around the Vitality Center. You all have been there, right, in the Vitality Center? I could only walk around the inside of that five times. And now I can walk. I've walked over 40 minutes in there. And so I didn't get healed instantly, and I'm not healed completely now. But by progression, the Lord has touched my body and healed me. So just remember this. Sometimes you're struggling with your healing. And you think, why, I'm not, why am I not healed? Remember this. God is working with you and on you and in you. And you just have to say, by faith, by faith, I'm healed. The Bible says I'm healed. I'm healed. I've still got symptoms and all that. But by his stripes, you were healed. And as Fred Price said, if you are, you is. Amen. So we are healed by the stripes that Jesus took up on his back. So remember this. Miracles still happen. This congregation here is a miracle from God. That Ben and Leslie had a vision and and to come here and to buy this and to even against opposition and bought it and now you have a great church with a good congregation of people here. I love to come here. All right, we the blessings of Abraham. You know what? For years it's hard for me to believe that God really wanted to bless me. Anybody else have a problem believing that God wants to bless you? Now I was raised very poor. And I don't want you to feel sorry for me because we didn't know we was poor. Amen. <laughs> I mean, amen. We, we didn't know that we were poor. We thought everybody was just like we were. We lived in the country, and, and God took care of us. And one day my dad died. And so, you know, I began to see once I got in church, and, and this is where tithes and offering comes in, that that's one way that God blesses you. We want the blessings of Abraham. We want God to bless us, but are we willing to give of our tithes and offerings? Is that all right? <laughs> I mean, you know, I, we started out giving our tithes and offering. Um, I was a, an evangelist and used to, I, I preached one week and, and they took a liberal offering for me. And I said, right then and there, I knew that I'd never be a liberal. I didn't want to be a liberal. That liberal offering was $50. That didn't even pay for my gas. Well, probably gave me $10 or $20 left over. But what I'm saying is, I learned to give even when we didn't have it. And we would look back sometimes at what we had, had received and what we had given and how we paid our bills, I don't know. But God is faithful. Now, that don't cost you nothing. I just throw that in. So if you're not a, a tither and giving an offering, you ought to pray about it because you want the blessings 
the blessing will overtake you when you give to God. Amen. That's, that's pretty good preaching, I'll tell you that. All right. The function of the law. You know, the, the law was to bring us into Jesus Christ. That's what the Old Testament was for. Now, I don't want to live under Old Testament. People, you know, all the time, well, you, the Old Testament says this. Well, I, we got to do this. The woman's got to dress like this because the Old Testament. I believe that they believe the Old Testament. When we see t- turtle doves and rams brought in and killed and the blood sprinkled everywhere. I am glad for the New Testament. Now, the Bible said, without the shedding of blood, there's no remission of sin. Well, praise God. We have a Savior who bled and died that we could have life. Not only life, we could have eternal life and abundant life. And so, you know, that's why that a lot of churches have taken the blood out of the hymnals. They've got Bibles they've taken them out of. That's, I'm not, uh, I'm, old, uh, I'm old school. I'm the uh, uh, King James Version. I mean, I, I like King James Version. There's some versions that's not too bad. If you've got one, that's all right. But you need to check to make sure that it hasn't taken out the Holy Ghost and healing and miracles and all that. And the blood of Jesus. Because that's the only way you're going to be saved. Man, we're out of time. You, you used all my time. Oh, goodness gracious. Blame it on Leslie. Chapter 4, don't, do not return to bondage. You know, once you're out of bondage, you don't, you don't want to go back. I, I used this analogy down there, and I used it again. You've seen a dog. Dog throws up. Pukes, upchecks, whatever you call it. Goes back and eats it. That thing that he expelled out of his body, he's taking it back. Don't be that way. Once God relieves you from that bondage, don't go into bondage again. You're free. You're free. Amen. We see Paul had a concern for the Galatians. How much... Concerned you and I have for the lost in our community. You know, I see Christians all the time talking about, well, they smelt bad. I didn't want to go. They, uh, I didn't want to sit by them. They, they were dressed shabby and all that. But what could God have done in their life if we'd have loved them? And if we'd have been kind to them and we'd been nice to them and spoke to them and maybe bought them some... Uh, Is that how you say that? That's close enough. And buy them some and maybe buy them some clothes. Nothing wrong buying somebody some clothes and give them to them and say, Here, God wants to bless you. Take the tags off so they won't know where they came from and they can't return them. Because we've had that to happen, buying kids school clothes, and next thing you do, they've still got them old tennis shoes and them same clothes on because you left a the tag on them and the mama took them back. We won't, we'll bypass Hagar and, and Sarah. I'm trying to get through here. Five, uh, chapter five, the consequences of deserting Christ. Christ said, they've left me. Where will you go? Are you going to leave too? 
Where can I go but to the Lord? Where can I go when I'm in trouble but to the Lord? Where can I go in the midnight hour but to the Lord? Where can I go when friends are not around and turn you down? Where can I go when I'm broke? I can go to the Lord. When we need something, we can go to the Lord. He's a hotline that's always open. Before social media, there was prayer. And we'd get on our knees and pray. And God would always show up and provide whatever we needed. We have freedom from sin. You know, they they talk about uh, Abraham freed the the black man. Abraham didn't... uh, yeah, he did. Uh, Abraham Lincoln, right? Now. I'm thinking here. I'm, I'm going back thousands of years. You know, you got to watch me. I'm old school. But Abraham Lincoln did not free the slaves. Jesus Christ, through His blood, freed them. It's neither what color nor creed you are. The Lord will save anybody. I don't care if you come from a rich family. Or a poor family, middle-aged family, black, white, it makes no difference. Don't make no difference where you went to school or didn't go to school. Jesus Christ is the answer. He's your freedom. There's only freedom in knowing Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Because you can go to bed at night and you can sleep without concern if He would come. I remember when I was in the service early, I'd pray every night. I was a heathen by day, but I tell you what, Lord, please don't come. Because, see, I knew enough about the Word of God that if I died in my sins, where I'd go. And I, I, didn't, I wasn't worried about Him coming today because I didn't think He'd come today. I always thought He'd come at night. But He can come at any time. This book also in chapter 5 talks about works of the flesh and fruit of the Spirit. You know, the fruit of the Spirit will help you to go out and win people. The gifts of the Spirit is different than the fruit of the Spirit. If we got the, if we got the gifts of the Spirit, I know we got the fruit of the Spirit. And the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, and all that good stuff, you know, that we're supposed to have as Christians. The Bible said, how can you love God whom you've not seen when you can't love your brother whom you've seen? And you know, sometimes families fall out. They won't speak to each other. They hate each other, but they go to church. They're wasting their time. Unless the Word's going to get in there and penetrate. You, if you can't, man, if you can't love your brother, you can't love nobody. Number chapter 5, and I'll be through here in just a minute. Doing good to all and Paul's personal conclusions. Now, The Bible teaches us to treat everyone good. And sometimes the Bible says people come in and they'll be dressed in godly apparel. You know what a Christian's supposed to look like. They'll give them the best seat in the house and here comes one that's not dressed as nice, don't have as much, and they relegate them to the back. I actually know this lady. She used to come to our church. And she was in college in New Orleans. And they told her that she had to sit in the basement. They had speakers and videos back there, down there. But say, you're not dressed nice enough 
to come and sit in the church. You've got to go downstairs. Now, that's a sad example of a church. The Bible said, whosoever will, let them come. Now, we're living in a world where you and I know people are overdosing, getting killed. Uh, I don't know how many people was killed last night, but Friday night, 20 people were shot in Chicago. They, that's... That's low for a Friday night. And I don't know why the, the people that protest don't go down there and protest because they're killing each other. And the church is the only institution that will kill their sick or wounded. Somebody quits church and the first thing, well, I knew it would, they wouldn't last. Why not go to them and say, you know, we're missing you at church. Anything we can do for you? I've been offended many times in church. I've been wrote nasty letters for preaching the gospel. <laughs> oh, glory. I used to love to get them. I'd read them to the church. I'd preach about them. And I said, it came from the devil. Because he didn't sign it, so I know it's from the devil. And I know the people will be sitting there. You know, and, and Brother Charlie Daniels one time, Ernie said, uh, I wish somebody would write you a, a nasty letter and then said you preach better. <laughs> so I've been offended, but you know what? God hadn't offended me. People will offend you. They don't mean to. Sometimes they do it in a kidding way and they don't know that that's actually offending you. One time, this boy, he, he, uh, he was on the uh, moving van truck. And he'd come in, and I'd say, where you been in jail? Because in my neighborhood, when I was growing up after my dad died, if you was missing for a while, you was usually in the jail. I hate to hear that clank when they put you in jail. I I've did a lot of jail ministry. And one day he said, Pastor, I, I wish you wouldn't ask me that. He said, because I used to be in jail a lot. <laughs> you know, a lot of us in jail, but we're not locked up. But Satan's got us so bound that we can't let Christ save us nor use us. When you get through writing, Sister Leslie, you can go play something. We're in jail because we're in bondage. I don't know about you, but I don't like bondage. And I'm one that Every morning, seven days a week, I went to the same gas station. I went in there, bought my paper, got me a cup of coffee, and my oatmeal cake. Every day, seven days a week. On the way to church, I, went, I used to go to church seven days a week. Some people gripe about going once a week. I used to go 
I'd go there seven days a week. I'd go to church. Saturdays, I'd go in and study and do my praying, and mostly on Saturday. But, you know, we can let something like that become a habit. My gas station sold out. So I had, to, I had to change directions. Sometime we need to change direction in our life. God allows U-turns. You get going the wrong way, like Ernie was driving today. He went, you know, he blamed it on me. He was driving. He took us the wrong way. Who was driving? Was I driving? Who was driving? All right, you was driving. But, but what would you do? Made a U-turn. How many of you know, you might be going the wrong way, but today God's going to let you make a U-turn. You can say, I'm going the wrong way, but today I'm going to turn around and go the right way. Anybody, you ever go the Men won't ask directions, they say. Every time I go to Myrtle Beach, you just go twice a year, I have never been to Myrtle Beach that I didn't get lost on the way. They write me directions down. I, I, still, I still get lost on the way to Myrtle Beach. I always get there, but it takes me longer than it would take somebody else. But the thing is, I arrive at Myrtle Beach. What's your destination? Is it heaven? If it's heaven, you might think it's going a little slow, or some of us might think it's going too fast. I never thought I'd see 73. Tomorrow, if I live, I'll be 73. I know you all thought I was 53, but that's all right. But my destination is heaven. How many of you with an uplifted hand can say, my destination is heaven. My destination is heaven. I'm going there when I die. (laughs) But I'm like the little boy. The little boy said, Everybody raised their hand but him. And the pastor went back and said, Son, don't you want to go to heaven? He said, Yeah. I thought you was getting a bus load up today. Amen. I'm not in a hurry to go to heaven, but I want to make it one day when this life's over. But the only way that I can do that is to stay in fellowship with the Lord. When you mess up, you ask the Lord to forgive you. You don't wait till you get back to church. Right then and there, you realize you messed up. You say, Lord, forgive me. I'll be driving down the highway. Oh, Lord, help me, Jesus. That person done cut me off. I want to run up their bumper. I want to tell them off. But you know, today they might get out and shoot you and kill you. But how many of you ever, you know... I mess up more driving my thoughts than any place else. Anybody else with me? And right then I said, Lord, I, I shouldn't I shouldn't think that there 
they're idiots or anything like that. Lord, forgive me. You know what? The Bible said he's just to forgive us if we ask him. Let's pray today. Let's all pray together. Uh, let's just say, Lord, I come to you today. Pr pray with me there. Lord, I come to you today needing your help, needing your direction. My spirit is my spirit is weak. But I believe you're going to give me strength for the journey. I ask you today to forgive me all of my sins, my transgressions. And Father, keep me on the road that's straight and narrow. That one day that I can arrive at my destination in heaven. Amen.